what's up we're back once again it's the speakeasy cinema podcast hey ben what's up you know i think this is our last one for the semester for sure the last one semester uh uh the world the, well, the last one of the year for 2019 and also you know what it's super sad to say but i think this is my last one for speakeasy mm. cinema podcast ever man oh, how's it feel it's the end of an era man i don't know i i haven't i'll probably cry tonight but I haven't, I haven't really wrapped my mind around it yet. But I'm going to miss you. Aww. I'm going to miss talking about movies with oh, you. I've been talking about the audience and not me, in retrospect. I'm going to miss... I'm, I was talking about you, but I'm going to miss everybody. I'm going to miss Lauren. But, uh, you know, everything must come to an end. <gasps> and uh, I know that this is really exciting for you. It's really exciting for me. The whole thing is really exciting because today we're talking about... Fair use! That's right, everybody. We're talking about Game of Thrones on our last ever cinema podcast, which is a departure for us because we've never talked about a television show. We're talking TV, but you know what? It's like pretty much at the level of like movies are at. You know, it's that big, uh, honestly. It is bigger, maybe. It maybe even maybe the best thing, the biggest thing we've talked about. um, Perhaps. I mean, you know, movies are important to both of us, obviously. But right now, I am at my life is consumed with Game of Thrones. I'm having a hard time even doing my final studies because <laughs> I spend night and and day thinking about it, and I dream about it. I like Game of Thrones. It's a good show. I'm not consumed by the fires of Game of Thrones and, and the my ice. everyday life. But it's uh, I, yeah. I mean, that's definitely an exaggeration. But at the same <laughs> time, at the same time, this show is this show is hugely important to me, man. And this is like my third. I've watched it like the whole thing like three times through at least um and we're in our final season season eight things are coming to an end and it's like it feels like a part of my youth is ending you know i'm a little bit older than you but it it, it feels like this has been something that's been in my life for like at least at least since i was in college now and that's coming to an end and that feels weird it feels like it's like it seems fitting that game of thrones is coming to an end and and we're doing our last podcast on it doesn't Mm -hmm. it yeah it really does i mean I was kind of late to the Game of Thrones party, yeah. So I didn't start watching it until just before season seven. So mm. I like we wa- I like watched the whole season for the first time just before season seven. Which so I was pretty late, um, but I mean the, I would specifically remember that first time I watched I was watching it all. I mean I just would not shut up about yeah. Game of Thrones and that whole. I watched like almost all of it over spring break, and we went. And we were doing other stuff with my friends, and we were just talking Game of Thrones, and um, it's it's very easy to obsess over. It really, yeah. really is. Yeah, on any level, I think that's what's great about mm-hmm. it is you can really be. You know, there are a lot of people that are like, "You don't watch Game of Thrones? Screw you! Like, come on!" Mm-hmm. But like, I'm not like that. I do, I do tell people when they don't watch it that they really should because it's really great. I know some people feel like, "Oh, I don't want to start it now because it's so late," but it's really like you can you can jump in any time. I think. Yeah. I mean, it's obviously hard now as. There's only a few. There's only what four more weeks left of it. But yeah. I mean, I think everybody should. Everybody should watch it. It's it's possibly it. It probably will go down as the as the most important and probably most one of the most watched television series of all time. And I think it's totally changed what TV is. Oh, absolutely. What it means. What it can. What can be done. I'm very much a fantasy guy. I'm very much a medieval guy. I love Lord of the Rings. So this was just like you know. It's even it's almost better in a way because it just goes it just goes on and on. There's even more characters to root for and hate, and um, you know I think I think we can 
probably jump into the season now though. I mean, yeah. I could gush about how much um, I like it. Talk about yeah, it is. It's worth noting yeah. uh, that today is today's what the the twenty third. Uh-huh. So, um, not to date the episode, but the, I just the point is this is being recorded uh, after episode two of season eight, but before episode three. Right. So I have a little prediction section down written here in my notes. So we'll get to it at the end. We'll get to it. Just so I can have it recorded and official. That way, in case I'm right, I can say I told you so. And you can pull it up on anybody that yeah. any of the haters. No, exactly. Exactly. Um, so we do need to do that at the end. Yeah. I mean, um, I, think, I think they'll bleed in. Cool. But I think, we'll, we'll, I think we really should. Dude, I know, like, we I know do, that like, you're excited for it, Hardcore official predictions, right. just in case. But, uh, I think we should start by kind of just going over where we are. Okay. Um, you know, and w- which I think is a perfect segue because what these two first episodes have been in season eight really is like, where are we? This is where we are. Mm-hmm. It was really a lot of exposition. We're back at Winterfell. You know, all these different factions have joined forces against the Night King. We're talking Daenerys and her army with the Unsullied. And um, the Dothraki. We're talking John with the North. We're talking some uh, um, Lannister forces. We're talking the, the Free Bays, People. Yeah. We're talking, you know, all the good guys basically that you can muster up in the Seven Kingdoms are now at Winterfell, getting ready to face off against the Night King. And we kind of had like one of those great moments, like that there were in season season seven, where in the first episode of season eight where everybody's kind of come back together mm-hmm. and it was very much a reflection of season one episode one where oh, yeah. where the baratheons and lannisters came to winterfell for the first time and it was very there was very much a call back to that episode and it was very much an establishing episode i'm talking about the first one yeah. right now obviously an establishing episode that sets us back into the world you know we've been without game of thrones for a while now and this is where we find ourselves back at winterfell mm-hmm. and uh things have changed a lot you know and um, you know, characters have grown up. Characters have become completely different. Uh, characters are, some are dead. Some are in love. Some don't know what they're gonna do or who they're loyal to. You know. Mm-hmm. So, uh, what did you think of episode one? Uh, I thought episode one was what it needed to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I was actually, I thought that it was going like before it had happened. I was like, what it's gonna be the big dramatic kind of ending to it is going to be them arriving in Winterfell. And I was actually like pleasantly surprised that it just opened with that straight away. Right. We don't have to, them like taking the ship. No there. more travel. Not yeah. important. No, no, the none travel. We're just, we're there. Mm-hmm. We're good. And, um, I really liked that. Um, you know, it was, a, it was a good kind of establishing thing. Like, like you said, like kind of getting the status quo also love. And, um, I really liked that. Um, you know, I there wasn't very much of the King's Landing stuff, especially. I mean, there wasn't any in episode two, which mm-hmm. is st- stuff I is also like really looking forward to and like kind of seeing how that's all going to turn out, uh, also. Uh, but I, I would say I was satisfied with with that episode. Yeah, I agree. I think it was very much like a callback to the first couple seasons, where mm-hmm. it's a lot of people talking in rooms. It's a lot of people, you know, planning, plotting, seeing where uh, other people's heads are at. And I love, you know, the dragon scenes and the fight scenes as much as the next guy. But I think what really, like, hooked a lot of people on Game of Thrones right away is the dialogue and the character arcs, you know. Who are I mean, these people yeah. and what are their motivations? And I think that's what, kind of what we're getting with the first um, episode especially and with the second as well. But um, particularly the first one, that's what it was. It's re- reestablishing where, where are people and where are they going. And um, I think also what was what's most important to talk about in terms of uh, episode one 
is that there's a lot of meetups that were huge, you know, um, namely John and Aria are seeing each other for the first time since season one. That was the best. That was the best. It was a sweet meetup between them. John and Bran are seeing each other for the first time in a long time. And that's obviously weird because Bran is no longer Bran. Bran is now the three eyed Raven weird robot boy. But I love Bran. I gotta say, I think they toned down his like roboticness a little bit this season. He's a little, so. bit, he's a little. I feel like he's a little. He was really weird in season seven. I yeah. think they were like kind of like, definitely giving the people some like comedy with Bran's like strange. When he like stares. holds up in, in season seven, when he like holds up the, um, he's like, did you see that in the revision? He just like holds up the letter that he or the parchment or whatever yeah. that he got from the Raven. And um, so, yeah, Bran, obviously seeing people is strange. A lot of people still don't know what Bran's deal is, but I think it seems like people are, are starting to accept that he's different now and knows mm-hmm. a lot. Um, and then also uh, uh, notably uh, um, Jon Snow and Sam, Samuel Tarly meet up yeah. uh, again. And Sam has some heavy news Ooh. for Jon. So that wasn't always a pleasant, uh, a pleasant meetup. Um, we see Arya and the Hound reconnect. We see Arya and Gendry reconnect. Mm-hmm. We see uh, Sansa, who's taken over a lot of responsibility at Winterfell, meeting Daenerys for the first time, mm-hmm. her brother's girlfriend, and that's awkward. Yeah, and, and also weird. she met her husband slash ex-husband. Right, her Tyrion ex-husband Tyrion. Tyrion yeah. yeah, I don't know if they're technically. I think they're. I think they're. I think they're not for married all, anymore. Yeah, for all except yeah, but. Um, I enjoyed that. That was one that I particularly kind of remembered. Oh yeah, and Sansa totally roasted uh, yeah. roasted Tyrion on the on the decks where yeah. she always roasts people. Yeah, well, it's just like the um, I don't know. It's kind of I like like you were mentioning that it's all kind of we're different now, and I I really thought that like it did a really good job kind of exemplifying like uh, like everybody's kind of different things. Like Arya was super different now that she had when she was talking to John. And, He's like, I hope you've never had to use it and that kind of thing about the sword. Um, And then like Sansa's very different and she can kind of um, speak with Tyrion in a very different way than she was ever able to before. Um, So I think that like it was a really good way of establishing like and kind of in reflection of that very first episode in Winterfell where it's like, remember how these characters were then mm-hmm. and this is how different we we are right now completely different more grown up more traumatized smarter more lethal mm-hmm. sometimes kinder in the case of the hound um you know it's crazy it's crazy to see where everybody's at and i like these are you know all my all my favorite characters are winterfell right now um obviously i feel like that's kind of yeah. how it is um which is great and like it really feels like winterfell is kind of like the the essential location for Game of Thrones. It really is like mm-hmm. the heart to me feels like it's where it's starting. It's where it's kind of ending. I mean, things may end, end officially in King's Landing, but it feels good to start in Winterfell, which is the starting point of the whole show. And it's where the shit is about to go down, man, because mm-hmm. the Night King is on the doorstep. And well, the other thing is that it does have that with the reflections and stuff, the very ending of that episode also kind of reflects on the ending of the first episode mm-hmm. with uh, Jamie and Bran. I do yes, have here in my the notes. Most, possibly the most important yeah. of the meetings. I do have it here in my notes, uh, I love Jamie written down. Mm. That's the whole note. It's but an important note. Uh, it's an important note because I do love him. I do too. He's the best. Uh, side note, he's my second favorite character. Who's your first? Uh, Davos Seaworth. Oh, wow. Hot take, I love him. I love Davos too. He's great. But like, he's no one's favorite character. But I just, I just love him so much. He He's really so has a heart, of, a heart of gold. He's so good. I mean, when he was trying to learn to read, oh, you're right. Yes, yeah, we'll talk about him in episode two. But whew. 
Yeah, I mean, and, and what's so hard about, you know, thinking about your favorite characters is we do not know who's going to make it out alive. And if I had to put my money on it, I'd say most of them aren't. Especially yeah. the smaller ones. Unfortunately, like Davos, those, those characters like Davos, Brienne of Tarth, Tormund, mm-hmm. um, you know, all these kind of B-list secondary characters yeah. who, every, who are in a lot of cases more endearing and more human than the main characters. Um, everybody's fate is up to the, you know, is up in the air right now. No one knows what's going to happen to anybody, but I think obviously some people are going to make it farther than others. And at, after this battle of Winterfell, a lot of these characters might be gone, man. So we gotta, we gotta like hold on to them, but also be ready to let them go when it's time. Yeah, here's here's one of my concerns with that. This may not end up being the case, but I'm a little bit concerned that they're just gonna kill all the characters in this episode, in episode three, and then in episode six, and that's like when all the stuff's gonna happen. And then the other, like these two episodes have been good, but none of like the stuff has happened. Sure, you know what I mean. And I feel like they've kind of gone like, okay, here's our big events. The, thing, the Battle of Winterfell and then kind of whatever happens at the very, very end. And that's our t- two things. And I kind of hope it's like more spaced out. And then like I'm also with like, I don't want people, I mean, maybe this could be kind of part of the point, but I don't want people to just die in battle. Like I want them to die in a meaningful way that like has kind of wrapped up their arc yeah. kind of thing. So like kind of getting into episode two, like Brienne's arc is over. Like she's finally achieved like this kind of thing that she's been hoping for. So she is like ripe on the chopping block at this point. Sure. Um, and so like, I really want it to kind of be involved with, like, I don't want people to just die for no reason, which is kind of like what Game of Thrones has been so good with. So I'm, I, I'm trusting that they do well with that, but it's always been like, they die for specific reasons and, uh, it's kind of the culmination of their, of their story. Um, so I'm kind of concerned that they might just do like death for death's sake. Um, and just killing our favorite characters just to kill them. Um, so cross my fingers that that doesn't really happen. Well, I'm, I think that like your concerns are valid. I also just want to like preface my my retort by saying um, that I really just have like come to terms with the fact that I do not know what's going to happen, and I'm excited to make predictions and I have my thoughts. But I'm I'm also very much staying removed from that kind of aspect of it because I think it kind of loses a little bit of its magic for me personally if I mm-hmm. overthink it. Um, but I will to respond to your sentiment. I think that like, I think that one, they definitely know what they're doing. And I think Mm -hmm. that the amount of time, I think that they have gotten careless with writing in the, in the past. And there were a couple seasons there, six and seven, namely that like kind of like slipped off from their normal level of, I think Mm -hmm. top notch writing and, and character arcs. Yeah. Once they got off the book, but I think, right. But I do think that they really have i'm sure that they've put in such thought such mm-hmm. immense you know planning into these lives and deaths of our favorite characters mm-hmm. that i think people will die in battle but i think those that have had their character arcs, arcs wrapped up to a degree i don't think it's just going to be like you see their head get lopped off and right. there's no mention of them anymore i think that everybody will have their meaningful yeah. I think they'll get, you know, what's, what's coming to them, to, so to say, yeah. in both good and bad ways. Um, I do, yeah, I think, um, yeah, I guess we can segue into episode two just in that, like, you know, once the kind of meetings were over. And there were some, like, I mean, season, or episode two, rather, was actually probably more nostalgic in a way than than episode one was. But, you know, after we're, we're, we've established we're at Winterfell, who's coming, we know that, you know, the Night King's going to be here very soon. 
the second episode is very much we're completely so the first episode is called Winterfell, but and it's mostly at Winterfell. But there is some shots of Cersei meeting with Euron Greyjoy, who, you know, he sucks. But um, sucks. it is interesting that that kind of relationship is unfolding. I'm interested to see how yeah. that's going to work. I really out. hope that she's playing him. Like I think she is to a degree, but I think she's getting. I think she's playing herself right now a little bit too. Mm, but I do think that Euron Greyjoy is very much just a pirate. I think he really is like, like you said, like he explicitly said, like I just want to fuck the queen. Like I think he really just like doesn't really give a, a shit about everybody else, and I think he's going for his own mm-hmm. self. I think he'll help Cersei to a degree, but I could also see him leaving her or betraying her, or whatever. But anyways, back to what I was saying about uh, episode two. It was very much. You know the hellos are over it's time for goodbyes and it's time mm-hmm. for preparation so that's very much what uh, episode two felt like to me it was kind of a very solemn episode a lot of preparation you, you're seeing um you know the walls of winterfell and the grounds outside the fields outside are very much set for battle um the army is outfitted with dragon glass weapons they got a lot of dragon glass mm-hmm. gendry was not yeah, messing not around in, in, the, in the forges um so it feels like they're ready to, to rock to a degree. I mean, they have the Unsullied. They have the Free People. They have the Dothraki. They have Jon Snow. They have two dragons. They have Bran. Um, they have uh, Daenerys. You know, this is this is a formidable army, but the army they're facing is much more formidable. Mm-hmm. But I think um, I really liked episode two because it, I'm just a sucker for nostalgia, and it felt like a very much like a nostalgic episode, which was sad as it ended because... Uh, you, I mean, you kind of kicked it off with talking about Lady Brienne's character arc being over. It seems like, to me, what it feels like is that a lot of these kind of conversations and character arcs that seem to be wrapped up, that could signal to me like there's going to be a death right. there. That's and then the ones that were kind of left hanging or interrupted are going to be answered as the season goes on. Yeah. So like like you referred to Lady Brienne becoming a knight. So there's that yeah. delicate, that, that touching scene between all the drinking buddies. Excellent. I think it's, it's Tyrion... Jamie, Lady Brienne, Podrick, Tormund, uh, and Davos all drinking together by the fire. And that that's just like the best crew ever. Yeah. And they're just kind of, you know, shooting the shit. They're getting drunk. And then there's just this beautiful moment between, um, you know, Jamie and Lady Brienne where, well, actually Tormund asks if she's mm-hmm. a knight and she says women can't be knights. And then Jamie says, well, you know, like a night all you need is a knight to make a knight and then yeah. jamie knights her and you know she's always been in love with jamie she's always wanted to be a knight even though she said she didn't and it was just a touching moment but then the immediate next thought right is mm-hmm. oh what does this mean for what lady Brienne? Mean now? yeah and what does it mean for jamie i mean in a way he kind of offered his life to her mm-hmm. you know said that he wants to fight beside her behind her so that could mean it for him too man i just really don't know but um, what were some of your favorite moments in, um, in episode two? I just want to first say I okay. loved episode two. I really yeah. liked it a lot. Um, I thought it was kind of going back to the – it was almost like a character study-ish kind of thing of take all these characters and go, what would they do on their last night Oh yeah, Oh, alive? yeah, for sure. I'm glad you said that. And um, and I thought that was so interesting because it was it, it kind of was some things that I didn't expect some of the characters to do. Yeah, so what did they all do? Well, so – Obviously, the the group of the drinking uh, drinking buddies was was awesome, uh, so so good. Um, and then, well, you have to talk about the scene with Arya. Absolutely, I mean, right? that just, just shooketh the world. Yeah, and initially, I was like, that's out of character. But then, I, because I was like, she that's not some something that is important to her, so that seems out of character to me. But then I thought about it more, and then like I also like because was reading some stuff, and I was and I guess because it's kind of like 
she's been going for so long being like not today death not today and then finally she's just now accepted this is something that actually could happen for the first time it, it feels like a real possibility and that kind of i feel like kind of has changed everything um and so that was something that like initially i was kind of not wasn't really feeling that part um but then uh kind of thinking about it more ben is referring to Arya getting it on with gendry with gendry yeah yeah which was just crazy to see because you like just I'll, I'll i'll definitely touch on what you just said but just viewing it actually as a personal thing felt very weird yeah Seeing, it's like your sister. Seeing, yeah, it is like your, she, it's like your we, little sister. We met her when she was very little. So yeah, it's and, weird. and she still kind of looks little, but yeah. she's twenty one. So I mean, it's totally fine. But like, it was I was shook seeing Arya nude. But I will say that I very much agree with you in that. Like, it seems like at first it's out of character, but I think another like I think they've turned the dials a little bit on some of these characters um, in this in season eight. And I think leading up to season eight, Arya was like so cold blooded and just so ruthless and so like unpredictable. I think it started to, that started to get a little out of character mm -hmm. because she was just became this assassin for herself or for no one, you know? And it was just like, you know, I think she's, she still has her list, but it, like, you know, her talking to Beric Dondarrion and stuff, you see that he's off her list. Yeah. She's chilled out a little bit. She's got bigger fish to fry yeah. than her, her little list. Um, so yeah, I think it was very much, and I mean like, and she's a woman now. So it's like, you know, she's not just this like, yeah. little kid with a sword anymore she is very much a woman with agency a lethal woman mm -hmm. um a woman with sexuality and i think we, you know people need to see that that's who Arya is now so yeah. i think that was an important moment yeah. for her but also what does that mean for Arya and gendry right and also gendry tells her for the first time that he's a baratheon and yeah. maybe she's pregnant now and the, and he's she's stark he's baratheon that's a, that's we a royal baby in there. we got you have a son i have a daughter we have to marry our kids like in episode one or something exactly Exactly. Yeah. So that was a crazy, that was a crazy scene. So yeah, so that's what they were doing. That's how they spent their last night. You know, you, it was a big battle. You could stand up drinking with your friends and talking about it. And I think it's also important to go back to the drinking scene for a second and, and talk about the line that Tyrion has where he's like, you know, like, I think we might win, you know, and so Davos, good. Davos laughs at him and he says, no, no, like, I'm serious. Like, think about it. How many battles do we have between all of us? And that was a very hopeful line for me. Yeah. It's, it's also double-edged sword, obviously, because a lot of these people, regardless yeah. of how many battles they've survived, are not going to see the end of this one. But I think that does give me hope. It gives me hope for Tyrion. It gives me hope for a few other people in that room. So, yeah, there's the drinking buddies. There's yeah. Arya and Gendry sleeping together. Um, mm -hmm. And then there's uh, the Hound and Beric Dondarrion drinking themselves. Drinking. And they're still, kind of, they're still kind of loners. Like the Hound, yeah. he's obviously kind of changed a little bit, but mm -hmm. he's still kind of, you know, he's still kind of a loner in that sense, mm -hmm. uh, which I like is like, obviously he's changed a lot, but he's still him mm -hmm. and stuff, which is cool. And then you have that very nice, um, moment, the, um, the night's watch, uh, the, you know, with, um, you got Ed and John and Sam all up on the oh. wall together, watching, watching the North. And, uh, and Ed has that line where he says, and now our watch begins. And oh it's kind gosh. of full circle. They're, you know, the three best, um, crows buddies are back on the wall mm -hmm. together watching, the night waiting for the night king and that felt really nice like uh to have those three together again mm -hmm. and um, sam brought up the fact that, like when he was listing his assets he mentioned <laughs> stealing books from the citadel yeah, as a reason funny. that he could be good in a fight mm -hmm. hilarious yeah so good oh and then so i you, love him me too and i think he's gonna make it because i think he's got a big role to play um i don't know about ed though i think ed's probably gonna kick the bucket but um and then um 
going off that, then you have Sam later going down and, and sleeping or laying in bed with uh, Gilly and little Sam, which is a very touching moment and very frightening. What's mm-hmm. going to happen to them? Um, who else we got? Okay. Uh, one of my, well, you were asking about my favorite moments from the episode. Sure. Yeah. Go. Uh, I have to go back to my boy Davos. Oh yeah. Uh, when he's serving up the food. Oh right. Earlier on. Before yeah. The and he sees, and he sees that girl with the uh, disfigurement on her face. Mm-hmm. And you, I mean, you know, he's thinking about Shireen, right? Uh, so good, and like kind of thinking about where he's come and what he sacrificed, um, and just um, that that was a really touching moment for me, just because obviously I love that character, and um, that kind of arc was something that was interesting to me. And then kind of you know, Gilly came in and, and helped that out. So yeah. I really loved that scene. That was really good. Oh, another uh, little character arc that kind of was a, a, a arrow to the heart was. Um, uh, Missand Missandy and uh, and Grey Worm and Grey Worm and they have a little little kiss together and then they're talking and uh, Grey Worm says you know like do you really want to grow old in this place like mm-hmm. after this is over let's leave together and we'll go live in, in North and spend mm-hmm. our days in the sun where it's peaceful and uh, and Missandy says you know we can't protect ourselves and Grey Worm says I'll come and protect you and that's a very sweet moment but you know what that tells me is that yeah. one of them ain't making it out. It's probably gonna be. It's gray worm. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, that was that's tough, man. I mean, not like I'm super emotionally connected to, but at this point, everything is just hurting. Yeah. And stressing me out. I mean, that's always been the strength of the show has been the characters. Right. And anything that the, I mean, you invested from those characters from from the very very beginning, and um, it's been really really good. No matter like sometimes the plot kind of stuff kind of gets weird, but the characters have always been the, the kind of really really interesting part of the show. So now that like. I mean, you're so you're just so invested at this point that really any of these people uh, you're gonna feel something for. Absolutely. Um, so then, who else we got? Well, I, I, before we do the, the the big one, the big meeting, obviously was is, was Bran anywhere? Was he just in the war room? Or um, um, I think we kind of talked touched on like most of like what people yeah. are doing. Well, they here. have the plan. Should we talk about the plan? Well, yeah, that was one of my favorite moments. It was just like super chilling. I got the ch- I got the literal goosebumps when. Uh, it starts uh, with a voiceover with John, and it's kind of a montage of uh, everybody getting Winterfell ready for battle. And we, we hear John uh, describing the enemy to everybody, and then mm-hmm. it cuts to they're in a war room, and it's everybody that matters um, for the battle is in yeah. this war room, and they're going over to plan. And uh, they basically say, you know, we can't, take this, we can't take the Night King and his army in a straight fight, but if we can kill the Night King, that's pretty much their only chance. Yeah. So how are they going to do that? Bran's going to be bait. Yeah. And Theon's going to defend him. Yeah. And he's going to die, obviously. But yeah. uh, <laughs> um, no, but uh, so, the, yeah, they're basically going to use him as uh, Bran as bait because uh, he's the Night King kind of attracted to him and is going to go for him. Mm-hmm. Um, Not sexually, but he, no, he, no. he wants to he wants to kill Bran because Bran is now the three-eyed raven right mm-hmm. and and that means we kind of get this cl- kind of clarified because everybody's like what, what the hell What's is a three-eyed on? raven but what the, what brand finally tells us is that he is the memory for all of mankind and mm-hmm. if and if the night king can kill brand he can create an endless night yeah if he truly wants to succeed he has to get rid of brand right so with that idea they're going to put brand in the godswood and lure him in and then attack him which is a just a dangerous suicide mission but it's the only way i guess yeah. Um, so they're in the war room. They're talking about that. They're going over their game plan. Um, Bran lays that on everybody. Sam kind of addresses the crowd. Tormund says, you know, well, we're all going to die, but at least we're 
going to die together. together. Um, and then everybody kind of leaves the war room and then uh, you got Danny and John standing there and John doesn't even look at Danny. Oh, well, we didn't even talk about the fact that oh. in the, at the, um, at the end of the first episode, right? Yes. Sam lays it on, on John. John mm-hmm. and this is the most important thing up to date that John is a Targaryen and that his mm-hmm. real father was Danny was Danny's brother and that his real mother was Lyanna Stark. Mm-hmm. So he's got this information now that he is technically the rightful heir has a claim to the Iron Throne. What does this mean? This is terrible news for everybody, especially John. He hates getting new titles. Yeah. And so, you know, what is he going to do with this information? He's got to tell Danny somehow. So at the, at the end of the first episode, in the beginning, all the, the whole second episode, he's just not even talking to Danny. He's not looking at her. He doesn't know what he's going to do. Mm-hmm. And then Sam asks him, you know, when are you going to tell him? You're buying your time, huh? So then they're in the war room together, and John doesn't even look at Danny, leaves right away. Danny's wondering what the hell is going on. Why is he ghosting me? And, uh, oh, and ghost. We got ghost. Back, back in there for the first time the dire wolf is back only for a second but so then we have the, probably the most fateful meeting of the entire uh, second episode which is um danny finds john in the crypts looking at um his old mom statue of his old mom and john just lays it on her man tells her that he's a targaryen and she's like she's like holy shit i fucked my nephew yeah i don't know before she can before she can even realize it's game time and Right, but I think it's important there. to talk about that look yeah. that he, he she gives him, right? Because mm-hmm. like, he's clearly like, I don't want this title. you know, I don't know what he thinks about them romantically, but clearly he doesn't want to be on the Iron Throne, or at least that's what we yeah. assume. But you know, she gives him just a look of just, oh, man, yeah. this is not going to be good. I mean, because the thing is, the th- whole thing of like why – I mean, obviously, Danny's like a just ruler or whatever, but the whole thing that she's kind of laid her whole thing on is – I'm taking my throne. It's my rightful throne. And I'm going to take it. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that changes everything. That changes the whole past seven seasons of Danny Stark is that she is not the, she, that's not her throne. She has a claim, but John is a better one. Yeah. And so it's really, I don't know. It's really interesting to kind of see how that's going to really change up kind of her whole philosophy and stuff. Because I mean, I kind of think that like she's, she really hasn't been a great ruler. I mean, obviously, like, that's kind of been... She's been, been good, before. but she's had her flaws. Yeah, and so I really think that, like, it's going to kind of put a lens up to that kind of thing and be like, who is really kind of... What what do we really look for in the ruler and who's who's going to be doing that? So uh, I really think that's, like, an interesting way to, to kind of have that, that conflict and kind of recontextualize, like, what her whole... What she's about. Yeah, and I've really been back and forth on John and Daenerys the entire show, you know, because mm-hmm. they're both annoying at points. They're both idiots at points. They're both great at points, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, now I'm really kind of... Uh, I'm kind of team John at this point. I'm, I'm full team John, but I'm, I'm more team not Danny, if I'm honest with you. Yeah, I don't know. I, I love Danny, and I, and I would be fine with seeing her, you know, win, but that's not... It's very un... George R. R. Martin that's very on Game of Thrones to just have her her whole life her whole, the whole show all she wants is the, is the Iron Throne and then just give it to her at the end seems unlikely yeah. but it also doesn't seem likely right now that John would just, would just happily take the throne from her and do that either so something is definitely going to happen that gives one of them or somebody else the throne and uh, I have no idea what's going to happen I have a theory you got a theory I got theories too but um, so yeah so before we get to that mm-hmm. so there's this moment in the crypts between John and Danny, everything is exposed, and then right before they can even deal with it, the 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 battle horns blow, mm-hmm. and they rush up. 
John gives Danny the look like, go get the dragons, get the unsullied, get them ready to go. That's because showtime. it's showtime. And we see Jorah is out in the field ready to fight. Oh, and also we should talk about he's how Sam, the, he's got the sword. Sam has given him um, the House Tarly sword, which is huge and also kind of completes Jorah's character arc in a way because he's kind of come full circle. He's accepted back into mm-hmm. his family when, uh, uh, you know, young lady... Uh, Mormont says, uh, I wish you luck, cousin. That's kind of like him being accepted yeah. back into the Mormont family after he's been disgraced. And then to top it off, Sam gives him this sword and saying, I can't wield it, but you can. And that, you know, we, it calls back to when John offered to give Jorah his father's sword back and he said, mm-hmm. I, I can't take it. But now he's got his own, he's got his own Valerian steel sword. He's kind of given Danny this one last piece of information information saying, trust Tyrion, he's the right choice. Yeah. He's got the sword, he's back in the Mormont family. It seems like things might be it for him yeah. too. But that's an important moment. So we got everybody gearing up for battle. Everybody's running out. You know, We got one final makeout between Missandei and uh, Grey Worm. Oh, the actual best moment of the episode is Pod singing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, that song is very good. And plus, in, in the credits, they had the uh, the floats and the machine Florence version Welch. of it. Florence Welch version. You know, I met her one time. No, really? Mm-hmm. Is that awesome? Yeah, cool. It was cool. She was super nice. Met her in London outside of a dance performance. Talked to her for a second. She denied a picture though. Ah. But uh, she said she was off duty, so I said okay. But I shook her hand, said hello, big fan. Cool. Anyway. Anyway. Um. But yeah, so that song is really cool, and uh, I'm one of those guys who's who's big into the lore and mm-hmm. stuff and so it's like you read a little bit about jenny's song yeah so i was reading about jenny's song and, I did too. And, and what it's about and and all that kind of thing and um and uh and it was interesting who we were seeing you know comparing the lyrics and kind of what that song is about and then as it was going who we were looking at you know uh through that thing it was a lot of pairs right and i, I think just about all those pairs are getting split up I think Next so too. Episode. I think so too. So I really, I just thought that moment was like, really I've been like listening to that song. Out, yeah. It's a beautiful out, song. Outside of it. Cause it's just really great. Yeah. So they're just a touch on that. Like how that unfolds kind of the, the drinking buddies again and they're out of wine, you know, the night's coming to a, to a, a twilight. Things are about to go down and, and Tyrion kind of requests a song from the group of drinking buddies. Everybody says no. And then Podrick just belts it, man. And Podrick is looking like a straight it. up unit right now. I love He's him. fucking ripped. He's got a new hairstyle. He's handsome. He's probably still just slaying, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. And just he's just a legend. But also, you know, what's what's his fate? I don't know. But yeah, that was a great moment. I loved that montage scene of them cutting to all the couples, and we've got like we already said, we've got Arya and Gendry, we've got Sam and Gilly, we've got Tyrion and Sansa having a very human moment eating some soup together. We've oh, got John and Danny. Uh, you know, it's just oh, I'm getting the chills just thinking about it, man. They're all gathering on the wall, and then and then, just that cut to scene of just an endless line of White Walkers, and that's the most White Walker like generals you've ever seen, right? Yeah, there's a lot of them. Normally, you think there's like what ten or something, and there's a Night King. He's 12. got a couple handfuls of his generals. There's like hundreds, maybe thousands. Yeah. So, and then on top good. of a hundred thousand dead. They have a dragon also. And a dead dragon <laughs> and a zombie dragon that blows blue fire. And, you know, what's going to happen with the dragons? I don't know. Do you, you want to start getting into theories? Into I feel theories? Like I have my stuff little, written down. We've got, a, we've got like, a. I think we've kind of touched on 
you know, favorite parts, mm-hmm. what's happening, where we're at. I'm, I'm, I'm up for it. You ready? Yeah. Okay, I have our stuff written down. You can go in, for, interrupt yeah, go me at any it. point. Okay, so first of all, that song, I, I, I do think every person who, who was shown in that montage, every group of that is going to get split up, right? So we've got Miss and Die and Grey Worm. Grey Worm's eating the next episode. Theon, next episode. Uh, dead, right? Yeah, dead. Arya, dead. I'm calling it here. Big call here. I think Arya's gone. Mm, I disagree. I think it's happening. I think Gendry, if that, if anything. I think it's going to be her. I just, big calls here. Um, wow. And then. Wait, 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 wait. Do you want to stop on them or do you want to touch back after you name them all? Well, I was just going to say of the, uh, of through that song oh, montage. Okay, okay, yeah. Uh, there's Sam and Gilly, and I think Gilly is going to die. Um, I have a caveat to that. Um, oh, we've, because we, we forgot to mention that they're putting all the safe all of the non-fighters in the crypt. Right. Which seems like a bad place to put Because there's a bunch of dead people. people. Yeah, when there's a bunch of dead people. So I'm thinking we're getting some White Walker characters, like characters that we know as White Walkers. Mm. So I'm hoping for White Walker Ned Stark because that'd be excellent. What's he going to do, like hold his head? Like Yeah, that'd be sweet. Are you kidding me? Uh, yeah, it'd be f- <laughs> scary. Yeah. This so like Headless Horseman style, like yeah. walking around holding the old Ned so, head up. Or yeah, or something like that. That'd be really cool. But I think that Gilly's gonna be a White Walker, and then Sam's gonna have to deal with Gilly being a White Walker, and that's gonna be tragic for him. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I don't know what points of those those things you're going for, but those that's that's uh, as far as that song part goes. Yeah. I think that that's that's what kind about of there John for a and reason. Um, neither of them are dying next episode, but uh, somebody's dying. Danny's dying by the end. Okay. Well, uh, well, let's let's slow down for <laughs> a second. And I, I just, I think, I think that's a good theory that of your, of the couples being split up. I think that's, I think I could definitely see that happening. Mm-hmm. And the only one I disagree with, with is Arya because Arya has kind of become like one of the top five characters in the whole show. Mm-hmm. Not to say that anybody is safe because we know that no one is safe, yeah. but I think Arya has a bigger destiny to fulfill than just fighting against the Night King. Mm-hmm. I also think that Arya could possibly even kill the Night King. Arya has a lot going for her right now and then especially possibly being pregnant with a baratheon child mm-hmm. i think that she, that she's got a lot she's got more, more to, to lose than sure. and a lot more future ahead of her than gendry does mm-hmm. i think in terms of character arcs gendry's is probably closer to being done than yeah. Arya's because he's he's he is this baratheon bastard but i don't think he would ever sit on the iron throne and i think his kind of maybe his last contribution was really like helping out with all these weapons mm-hmm. he's kind of like made it all the way to Winterfell. He's escaped, you know, being killed as a bastard down south. And I think he's kind of fulfilling his purpose up north against this, this the Night King and his army. But um, I, I see what you're saying, but I, I, I'm pretty confident that Arya's going to make it. Uh, I just think, I think that in episode he's like a huge, huge death. And if, if neither John and Danny are going, and I'm not, I, I couldn't say about Tyrion. I feel like he's still got more to go. Yeah, I think so. So, so it's got to be Arya then. That's what I think. I think, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that at this point, though, a lot of those characters that we've already been talking about are all big deaths. I think it's more likely maybe to me that, because there's still three episodes to go, and I don't, I disagree with your with your original worry of them only having big things happen in the third and sixth. I think that mm-hmm. the rest of the, uh, the, I think the first two were just warm-ups. Yeah. And that the last four episodes. Yeah. I mean, they're all like everything. an hour and 20 minutes anyway. Yeah, so we've got and time. I think there's going to be more battles, more backstabbing. I think it's going to be, I mean... 
it's also not even it's possible that they don't even deal with the night king. I was just going to say I would, that was one of my other things. Do they definitely beat the night king in episode 3? No, I mean, no. I would you you it seems obvious that there's going to be a definite outcome, but again, like I just don't know. And like it's totally possible. I mean, you don't we didn't see the night king. Normally, you see him getting ready to go. I would have to bet that you that there is that the Night King is going to die because he's going to expose himself, like Jamie mm-hmm. said. And when you've got so many people after the Night King, I mean, it's been shown that like the Night King is obviously this this force of nature, but also we've got a bunch of forces of nature on on the good mm-hmm. side. Well, we do know. Uh, I don't know the, though. We do know that the Night King was once human because mm-hmm. we've seen that before with Bran. So maybe something with Bran will make maybe un Night King him. Maybe. And, and instead of because. I'm just trying to think Game of Thrones has always been expectations and then kind of changing those things up. Right. And if you're thinking one thing, it's probably not that thing. Sure. And you're all, all the, it's heading up for we're going to kill the Night King. Mm-hmm. And one of the other kind of things that I was thinking is that like the Night, uh, the White Walkers or specifically the Night King, since he, we know he's human, like there probably is some more justification that we don't really fully maybe understand bad. Well, he's yeah. bad but, maybe but and, more to yeah him. and maybe like the reason why he's bad isn't just because he's a bad dude but maybe there's more involved with that um and so i i think that there could be something really interesting going with that yeah um some big twist with that um let's see yeah yeah i really don't know i would have to say in my heart of hearts that i think that the night king problem could be resolved in, in episode three but like i said like I just think here's my prediction in terms of the Night King and that kind of jazz. Like, I just think that what Game of Thrones, like there obviously is this fantasy element, right? Mm-hmm. Of dragons, right. of the Night King, of zombies, of, you know, this endless night. But I think what Game of Thrones always has been about at its core is about people. Yeah. So I think that really, you know, it's just a show about what humans, the human nature. And I think what really is going to be, kind of the testament to that is it ending like you know they have this existential problem of the night king he's threatening mm-hmm. to destroy mankind and i think the forces of good are going to win but i think what mankind is is a constant battle of good against evil in terms of just humanity so what i think is gonna i think it's gonna end with human conflict i don't see the night king winning in the end i don't see it really being a problem all six episodes i really see it kind of being a thing that gets resolved and then being like oh shit we still have to deal with these terrible people yeah and that's what it's really about mm-hmm. is people being good people being evil mm-hmm. and people being in the middle and what do they do about well, it well if it's a human thing then maybe something about him revealing kind of going into the night king being human could also be kind of involved with that also maybe and really also, focusing on the humanity of those kind of things sure and i also think that a, a major um you know, key to what's going to happen with the Night King was in Bran's little line in the war room where he's talking about, you know, he says the Night King has gone for the Three-Eyed Raven many times before. Mm-hmm. And clearly he's failed every time if Bran's still there. Right. And I don't see that ending, you know. I don't see Bran being the end of the line mm-hmm. for uh, the Three-Eyed Raven because we, I mean, mankind will lose its memory then. And um, so I see Bran surviving um, and I see the Night King somehow either facing an end or being beaten back because that that's what originally you said you're into the lore that's what originally happened is there was actually a treaty that said right. the night king has to stay beyond the wall mm-hmm. and now he's come back yeah maybe it ends in some sort of treaty thing doesn't seem likely but it's possible mm-hmm. so well, let's move on to your next thing okay uh my big thing that i've been saying for a long time i have two like big things that i've been saying for a long time 
number one, um, just going back to like what I mentioned before about how I, uh, they're setting up for like everyone's thinking about this kind of thing and um, you know a specific kind of thing and maybe it won't be that it's all who's gonna sit on the Iron Throne right you've seen like all those posters with like every character exactly. sitting yeah. on the Iron Throne theory Jon Snow is gonna melt down the Iron Throne mm. be, and it's like gonna be a symbolic thing of um, there is no more Iron yeah, Throne and we're going to be different. I don't know. I just think that any, I think any answer of, oh, this person sits on the Iron Throne at the end isn't going to end up being as satisfying no matter what it is. So I just think something like that might be really cool. And I can kind of see that happening as a narrative in a narrative perspective. I kind of, that was my biggest theory too, because it's been so long. It's like, who's going to be on that? Like exactly. You said, who's going to be on that throne? Is it, is it Danny? Is it John? Is it Tyrion? Is it Cersei? <laughs> And I don't think anybody's going to sit on it. Like you said, maybe someone will come out as the victor. But I also see someone, whoever gets there, because I don't mm -hmm. see it being Cersei. Cersei's going to die. I don't see it being someone that's going to really want to continue the mm -hmm. way they've been going. Cause well, especially because broken wheel. Yeah, yeah, I was just going to say, Daniel has to break the wheel. So. Um, it, and it, it's already, yeah, it already doesn't work. So I see it as some sort of ending where it's like, listen, I don't, I don't know. I have a hard time imagining it being like, and they lived happily ever after. Yeah. But... I do think there is going to be some sort of big, um, you know, cataclysmic change to the world um, and the seven kingdoms. So, yeah, I, I agree with you on that on that front as well. But right now, I'm kind of rooting for John. For a while, I was like, there's no way John's going to make it. You know, he's this big lug of a man that doesn't, you know, that does what's right, but he's kind of a dummy. Mm -hmm. And But now he seems like he's got his head on his shoulders, screwed on pretty mm -hmm. tight, and like, it seems like he's doing the right kind of things. Um, and he can, he's kind of going to be able to learn from a lot of these other characters too. So like even like let's say maybe Danny doesn't make it, he can learn and use what she's kind of taken and combine it with him breaking the wheel, but then and also kind of his level of uh, of stuff too, and be a really good ruler, kind of based on what he's all his experiences together. Yeah. I mean, I think your boy Davos actually says it maybe in the first or second episode when he's like, you know, can we just have a time when there's the, the seven kingdoms are ruled by a just man and a righteous woman or whatever, yeah. or whoever the line is. And he could be referring to John and Danny, but it seems unlikely that they're because they're both Targaryens. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, I mean, that's the dream, you yeah. know, but th there's no way that game of Thrones is going to give us that. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, I don't know. The the whole Iron Throne thing is that's that's gonna be something for yeah. the sixth episode, obviously. Yeah, that's a big deal. Um, it's really hard to say. I mean, our, Lauren and I's friend Kate had this whack job theory that Arya and Gendry are gonna end up on the throne together. No, no I don't think so. No. But it really is up for grabs right now, yeah. though. I have no idea. No, so. you know who's not gonna end up on the Iron Throne is Cersei because yeah. she's going to die and Jaime is going to kill her, and it's gonna be a full circle of him f going from Kingslayer or Tyrion. But it's going to go from Kingslayer to Queenslayer, mm. and that's going to be a big thing for him. Some people have said that, and also that he's going to die in the process because, like, they have to go out together because they came in together, mm -hmm. which maybe. But I definitely I think Jamie's going to die at some point. I so. definitely think that Queenslayer thing is a, is potentially kind of. A big I mean, thing. everything in her in her prophecy has come true so far, and the last part of her prophecy is that she gets killed by her brother. So mm -hmm. seems legit. Um, and then also, I think that the Hound is going to survive because I think that we need to have Clegane Bull. Oh, Clegane Bull. I yeah. forgot about that. Yeah. So I think that's got to happen. Yes. Um, I could see the Hound dying in the battle, but I think just for that reason alone, I think he'll probably die in that fight because mm -hmm. the Hound's 
his road is coming to an end. Yeah. He knows it. Um, and I think he's kind of done fighting after this last one. But the last, last one will be really getting revenge on his brother and, mm-hmm. and righting that wrong. Um, got anything else? Yeah, I have one. It's almost like a joke theory, but I just I feel like I should say it anyway, just in case, because I've just been thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's really dumb and definitely not going to happen. So let's just make sure we get that out of the way first. Okay, are you familiar with the movie Maleficent? With Angelina Jolie? Yeah, you, I, you know familiar. of it. I've never it. seen it. Okay, I haven't either. But the understanding that I have is that they've taken this horribly evil character, right? This is going to come back to Game of Thrones, I promise. They've taken this horrible evil character and done like a flashback thing and kind of showed, oh, she's good and this is why she's doing everything she's doing. So... What I'm suggesting is that Game of Thrones is like Maleficent without having us seeing the end her being evil thing. And maybe Danny kind of flips the switch and comes bad. Or we have like a big time jump at the end and you think that the kingdom's going to be good. And then it's a time jump and then all the kingdom's gone to shit. Oh, it's actually because turns out Danny wasn't a good ruler. And part of that is like one of the themes that's been going on is like the song of ice and fire and what story people tell of you when you're gone and so this is the story and then it's kind of not what is end up ending up kind of being true i think it's definitely a dumb theory that's not going to happen but i feel like i should vocalize it so i did yeah no i think it's important i think um I think that it would be a far fetch idea for them to be referencing Maleficent at all. If that's what well, not you're referencing <laughs> yeah. Maleficent. No, no, sim- no, similar no. kind of similar kind of, of deal. That. I get what you're saying. Um, to touch on both aspects of your of your theory, there, um, I think that it's like like I like I keep saying anything's possible. But I think really they've been really been like prodding this point of like oh, like maybe Daenerys is like a lot more like her father than you think. Maybe she's going to be the mad queen. People keep bringing it up. Like maybe she's the bad, make, watch out. Maybe she's, she's a Targaryen. She's got <laughs> mad madness in her. Like she's going to be this bad queen in the end. They've been prodding it so much that it's not going to happen. You know, mm-hmm. like Daenerys isn't just going to be like, and now I'm yeah, actually just, the mad queen yes. and you're all my servants. Like she's going to, def- she has already so for so long defied what her, what people thought her legacy was going to be or her father's legacy. And I just don't see it happening. I just really don't see her turning into the, some wicked figure. I think she, she might make one more mistake that is a bad mistake or something along those lines where she does where she acts out of character and she acts, does something that she regrets, but I don't see her becoming this like mad burn them all kind of yeah. character. I just, I, I just think that she's had some moments of her not really making any sense and not and those kind of things. And I, I do like it doesn't have to wrap up in what I just said, but I think that does need to kind of at least be addressed and kind of wrapped up in a reasonable way. In the same same way that like Tyrion, it's been coming up that like he's had a bunch of plans and he used to be really good at making plans and now stuff hasn't gone how he planned it to be. So I do think that like that needs to kind of have some sort of revolu- uh, resolution. Sure. Whether or not like maybe he actually did know that Cersei was gonna not bring the army and he was trying to something something else convinced i think he's him. been off his game but i think he's back yeah and so i think that like they definitely need to resolve those kind of issues in some way so that's just a wild thing to say just so i've, I've um, had, had had a chance to say it and then also just to touch on my final point in terms of your point um this i'm glad you mentioned the song of ice and fire because i think part of the reason why i'm much more like team john now is like and uh, they um they uh raise a really good 
point on I, I listened to uh, Oysters, Clams, and Cockles, which is a cool Game okay. of Thrones podcast. Cool. Um, I, I feel like I should shout them out because uh, you know they're really cool. But um, anyways, they they've brought up this really good point that I hadn't really thought about before, and it's that like John is literally the song of ice yeah. and fire. I mean, he's ice and with fire. the Starks. He's mm-hmm. far. He's fire with Targaryens. Like he's quite literally the song of ice and fire. He's got this this just heart this you know lowly beginnings in a way mm-hmm. kind of um this this character arc that has just proved him to be an upstanding guy what worries me about that and why i'm still hesitant about just subscribing to the john is gonna win it all kind of thing is that he's living on borrowed time in a way that other people more so than other people because he's been brought back mm-hmm. and it was and it was made clear by the red lady that he was brought back for a specific reason you know and is that reason to kill the Night King and then that's it and he dies? Mm-hmm. Or is that reason to unite the Seven Kingdoms and mm-hmm. make a new thing? I don't know. What is his purpose? But um, like I said, he is the Song of Ice and Fire. You can look at it that way. So it's starting to seem like they are pushing the John thing. But that also worries yeah, me. I that think they're think. always – anything could be a red herring with yeah. the Game of Thrones. Yeah. And you don't know which, which path so to that, I mean, that's what's so fun. That's why I wrote down a bunch of dumb theories and stuff just to have done it and – and um and because you really just never know um yeah and that's what's so kind of great about it is like you know there's four episodes left of the show and i still have absolutely no idea how any of this is going to turn out Mm -hmm. and that's 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 awesome you got any more predictions no uh i think that's it what do you have do you have something i mean I, i pretty much like i think it's pretty much the the common stuff the run of the mill predictions that have been going on i don't really subscribe to anything too crazy like Bran is the Night King, or you know, Tyrion is a is a Targaryen. All all these kind of more far fetched things. I have I'm trying to not been giving credence to. Mm-hmm. I have my natural suspicions, which a lot of them, you know, we kind of concurred on. But like I said, I've really been, I, I think part of it for me is really just trying to let it happen. Yeah, because it's like to me the most enjoyable way going into every episode i have been listening to these podcasts i admittedly do reading because i'm that's the kind of person i am i love doing the research mm-hmm. but i really have been trying to just let it come yeah. because that's it's just like you know i'm so like i said i'm so emotionally involved i'm so invested in it that to ruin that by digging too deep or yeah. fabricating in my own mind too much projecting whatever word you want to use I have been staying away from it, but mm-hmm. I do have my predictions. Um, I think a lot of people share similar ones, but I think my kind of closing thing would just be that like, I'm just so excited. Yeah. So worried. Absolutely. So scared. So just ready for it, man. So I can't wait for, uh, episode three. It's, it's really going gonna to be, be crazy. I mean, 55 nights in a row shooting the battle scene. Before. Apparently it blows battle. The bastards out of the water. I was, I, I, pretty sure isn't it the longest um battle um ever put to screen yeah at least um i don't know the exact like way to put it but i think what it is it's the longest it was the most consecutive film like the most consecutive hours like filmed for one battle scene ever yeah um so i don't know if that means longest on screen battle scene yeah. or if that just means the longest ever battle scene it took to make yeah a i scene. i i thought that it was that it Maybe was the, the longest on on the screen 
but I yeah, I really don't know. I but, know that it was the longest. Yeah, to, it took yeah. to film it. It was the longest yes. ever. Fifty-five consecutive nights in a row. Yeah. So anyway, it's gonna be it's gonna be crazy. It's gonna be epic, And then man. we've got three more episodes. Yeah, and like so. I said earlier in the episode, like that's where it's all gonna really go down. Yeah. I mean, this is like kind of like the pre-climax. Yeah. And it's gonna shake things up. It's gonna make a lot of dead bodies, and a lot of broken hearts, and a lot of paths are going to clear up mm-hmm. and uh things are going to get resolved man i just can't wait i really just, i really just wish we could have a post episode six maybe somehow we could figure it out yeah i don't know but um you know in the meantime i'm just going to be sitting at home twiddling my thumbs waiting for the next episode mm-hmm. but um i feel like that wraps it up man yeah i mean i, I mean that's really it's not you know there's not really any more to say it's just we just got to watch it yeah you just got to watch and anybody that doesn't watch the show wait a little bit and then watch it you know don't listen to the don't listen to what's happening on social media don't listen to us um just do it for yourself man because it's worth it Mm -hmm. and uh you know what else has been worth it this podcast you know i'm graduating college but this was a highlight man and you know everything must come to an end everything must come to an end we broke the wheel winter is here actually like summer's here now so yeah well, I guess that's Seth Forstner signing off for the Speakeasy Cinema Podcast. My partner Ben here is going to be with yeah. you. I'll be here for three more years, so yeah. don't even don't you even worry about me. Yeah, maybe I'll pop back in for a guest spot one day or maybe. something. Maybe. Got to find a new host. Who, who's going to do it? I don't have any other friends, so we'll find out. Oh, but, man. Uh, someone, certainly. It's not dying. Well, you'll find somebody. Okay. But for now, that's us signing off. We leave you with peace, and we leave you with airwaves and anticipation for Game of Thrones. Thank you. Good night.